The weapon I want to talk to you today about is about the weapon of obedience. Obedience. Obedience is a weapon. Now, what if Joshua, and by the way, in that movie, that was Joshua standing up there on the hill. Joshua was really 80 years old when they crossed the Jordan. <laughs> that wasn't scripturally correct. <laughs> but because uh, uh, Caleb walked up to Joshua, he was 82, and he said, I want that mountain that 40 years ago when we came in here and spied out the land, I wanted that mountain full of giants, and I'm 80, and I'm ready to take it. Give me that mountain. <laughs> and he went in there at 80 years old and took that mountain. And so a lot of us that are in our 70s, almost 70 and 80, we are just as strong as ever, and we're going to take our mountain. We're going to learn new weapons of warfare, and we're going to be stronger at the end of our life than we were at the beginning of our life. And so how did Joshua get to that place? That he could just walk up there to that water and it rolled back. How did he get to that place? How did he get there? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, how he got there. So the Lord said to Joshua, you shall command the priest that carry the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand still in Jordan. And it shall be that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that carry the Ark of Jehovah, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down above, and they shall stand in a heap. So God told Joshua that. And then in Joshua 3.14, he says, and so it happened. When the people moved from their tents to pass over the Jordan, as the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant before the people, as those who bore the Ark had come to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bore the Ark were dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks at, that, at the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stopped and rose up in a heap. And those that came down from the sea of the plain of the salt sea were completely cut off. And the people passed over across from Jericho. And the priests who bore the Ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until all of the people had passed through. So this year, we are going to learn how to be able to walk out and plant our feet in the word of God and the devil has to obey. The devil has to obey. But how are we going to get there? 2 Corinthians 10 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, pulling down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We can't think thoughts this year that are not in the obedience of Christ. We can't think lust thoughts, angry thoughts, uh, lazy thoughts. We can't think thoughts that are not the thoughts of Christ. Having the man, because we've got to bring all those thoughts into obedience, and then having a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we've got to get our life into a place of of obedience, and then take vengeance on the enemy for all the times that he made us walk disobedient. Philippians 2 says, Jesus made himself of no reputation, but took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And therefore, God highly exalted him. So if Jesus had to learn obedience, that seems kind of hard to imagine, don't it? But see, Jesus had a flesh body just like we do. 
And he had to bring that flesh body into submission and obedience to the Father, just like we have to bring ours. And he said he humbled himself. See, the major definition of humility is obedience. Humility is not talking bad about yourself or walking around with your head hanging down or acting all religious. and Obedience is humility. The more you obey Jesus, the more humble of a person that you are. Hebrews 5 says, And Jesus, in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong cryings and tears to him that was able to save him from death, and he was heard because he feared. And though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And then being made perfect, he became the author of the eternal salvation to all those who obey him. So, If Jesus had to learn obedience, how much more do we have to learn obedience? John 14 says, if you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter so that he may be with you forever. John 14, 21 says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will come to him and reveal myself to him. It could be if you're not hearing God speak to you, it's because you're not being obedient. Because the promise says, if you're obeying me, the Father and I will come to you and talk to you. So if you're not hearing God talk to you, it's very possible you've got a lot of disobedience in your life. Uh, John 15 said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And I have spoken these things to you so that my joy will be in you and that your joy will be full. So see, the devil tries to make us believe that if we obey God and keep His commandments, that we're going to be miserable. You know? But it's just the opposite. When we obey God and keep His commandments, it fills our lives full of joy. 1 John says... And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we can ask whatever we want and that we will have the petitions that we ask of him. So see, even getting your prayers answered depends on obedience. Any level of disobedience in our life will stop our prayers from being answered. When, uh, let me read one more scripture here. First Samuel 15 says, And Samuel said to Saul, who had just completely disobeyed God, said, Does God delight in burnt offerings or sacrifices or in obeying the voice of God? Behold, obeying is better than sacrifice. To listen to God is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is iniquity and idol worship. And because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you. And so, you see, we don't really get a choice whether we want to obey or not. If we choose to not obey God and disobey God, we will be rejected. Obedience is the only way to have God move and work in our lives. Answer our prayers. Heal our bodies. So, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, when Moses led them out of Egypt, they did nothing but complain. From the minute they left Egypt, 
And you know, the Bible says God could have led them a shortcut through the Philistine country, but it said he wouldn't do it because they would experience war. And he knew they couldn't war because they were so full of sin. They couldn't do warfare because of all the sin in their life. And so he led them another way, a longer way. And all the way, they murmured, they fussed, they fought, they lusted for things they didn't have. They rebelled against Moses, talked bad about their spiritual authority. Everything, every sin you can think of, they did it. Made the golden calf and worshipped it. Committed adultery with the women and the around. Every sin you can think of, that they committed it. So Joshua 5 says, For the sons of Israel walked 40 years. And see, then they came up to the edge of the promised land. And Moses sent the ten spies in, and eight of them came back and said, No, we can't go in there. There's giants. Well, of course, Joshua and Caleb said, Of course we can go. We are well able to win the battle. See, they could do warfare. We are well able. And so the hearts of the unbelievers turned the hearts of the people, which their hearts were already turned away from God. They committed so many sins in that world. And so they said, We're not going. And God said, Okay, turn around, go back into the wilderness. And you're going to wander there for 40 years until you die. And so then they said, okay, we'll go. And God said, no, you're not going. You're going to wander 40 years until you die. And your children that you accused me of leading out in the wilderness to die will go in your place. And so this is where Joshua starts. He says, for the sons of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until the people, the men of war who came out of Egypt were destroyed. They weren't really men of war. They just thought they were because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. And so their disobedience caused them their promise. And so, see, what we're doing right now is we are attaining our promise. This, our salvation life here on earth is our promised land. It's full of giants and demons and everything else. But every promise that God gave us, we can have. It's our inheritance. We can have healing. We can have prosperity. We can have glorious marriages. We can have godly children. We can have jobs we love. That's all part of our inheritance, see? But we have to fight the devil and get it because he don't want us to have it. He's stealing, killing, and destroying every minute. So the, the scripture that I want to give you today that I feel like is one of our major scriptures this year. Sorry, Mom. Uh, Psalms 119, 105, it said, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The path that we're going to walk this year will be a light shined on it by God in his word. His word will light the path that we're to take. There's thousands of paths we can take every day when we get up and walk out our front door. But the path that we're going to take will be the one that God's word lights. But un unless we can obey that word, then it's not going to prosper us at all this year. Unless we can obey that word. See, God told Joshua, let me, let's see. When the Lord was talking to Joshua, he said, Joshua, Moses is dead. But I'm going to prove to the people that I'm speaking to you that these, these things will happen if you do what I told you to do. Well, see, that's exactly what Jesus told us when uh, in Mark 
16, it says, After speaking to them, the Lord was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And going out, they preached the word everywhere, and God working with them, confirming his word with signs and wonders. As we go out and proclaim the word, miracles are supposed to follow us. Miracles of healing. You know, when people come to me and ask me to pray for them for healing, for healing, of course I will pray for them for healing. But what I always want to say is, have you really prayed for yourself? And have you cast that demon out of you of infirmity? Have you cast that demon of infirmity out of yourself first? Because you've got to cast it out of yourself first. You've got to cast out sickness. And then you get other people to agree with you and join with you and lay hands on you. But if you're expecting somebody else to do it for you, it's probably not going to happen. The only way you're going to get a miracle through another person unless they're operating in the gift of miracles or the gift of faith. Because your faith has got to prevail over your life. So when you cast that demon of sickness out or that demon of poverty out or that demon of strife in your home or that Jezebel spirit that's ruling your life, well, then you can get other people to agree with you to join your faith and make it stronger. So we have so many corporate prayer, prayer meetings here because when we join our faith together, it's stronger faith and it can do greater things. Ephesians 10 says, get up every day and put on your armor. One piece of that armor is the girdle of truth. Gird your loins with truth. That's the word of God. You get up every day and you get in the word. And when God tells you what to do that day, that is what you do. In Isaiah 11, 4, when it's talking about Jesus being anointed with all the uh, anointings of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and on his waist, he had a girdle of righteousness and a girdle of truth. We cannot go out and do warfare unless we are girded and and got the armor on of truth and faithfulness. We have to have that to be able to war. Psalms chapter 1 says that if we meditate the word day and night and do it, that everything we'll do will be a success. How would you like for everything you do this year to be a success? Everything you put your hand to, to be successful and prosper. All you've got to do is meditate the word and do it. That's all you have to do. So Joshua 1 says... Uh, the Lord came to Moses and said, Moses, he said, Moses is dead. Now arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I have given them. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I will give it to you. From the wilderness to the great river, I'm kind of skipping all these names. And no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just like I was with Moses, I will be with you and I will not fail you and I will not forsake you. Who else said that to us? Jesus, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Unless you turn your back on him. You turn your back on him and you don't want him anymore. He says, if you reject me, I will reject you. See, some people think that God's just going to be there and do everything they tell them just because they know how to say the word Jesus. Nowhere does it teach that in the Bible. What it teaches in the Bible is that when we take the Word of God and obey it, He brings it to pass. He brings it to pass. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Man, what a powerful promise. I remember when we were building this church, um, uh, this, this land was given to us. This was a half a million dollar piece of land, and it was freely given to us. But it was owned by two different people. 
Well, one of the people that's name was on the title decided they didn't want us to have it. And so Jardel came home that day. I remember I was sitting at my sewing machine sewing. Probably sewing your banquet dress, India. <laughs> I made all my kids' banquet dresses and half their friends. Jardel walked in there and he said, so-and-so decided they're not going to give us that land. And immediately the scripture came out of it, no man can stand before us all the days of our life. It just threw out my mouth, like throw up. <laughs> no man can stand before us all the days of our life. And that man was a complete, total alcoholic. He was a millionaire, maybe even more. And, uh, but you know what he did? Jardel went up and talked to him. He lived in North Arkansas and went up there and talked to him. And he um, gave us this piece of land with his blessing and died just a few days later. No man can stand before you all the days of your life. Just like I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's Jesus talking to you. Just like I was with Moses and Joshua, I will be with you. I will bring my word to pass. You be strong. This is your part. You be strong. You take courage because you are going to divide the inheritance to this people, which the land I told them. Only you be strong. He keeps saying it. When God keeps repeating something, he knows we've got a problem. Right? You be strong, very courageous, so that you may be very careful to do everything that is written in that word. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you can act wisely everywhere you go. This word shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do all that is written. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you will act wisely. You notice he says, you will make your way prosperous when you do what the word of God tells you. We don't do what the Word of God tells us. We've brought a curse on us. We will not prosper. We will not win. Let's see. So it happened that the commanders went through. Let me just get down here and get this one first. Well, no, this one was first. So the, Joshua sent his men through the people and said, in three days we are going to enter the land, the promised land. said, sanctify yourself. Get off. Clean yourself up. See, the word sanctify means holy. Say, get off and get with God and get yourself holy. Clean your life up. That's what that saying does. Clean up our lives. You know, the Bible says, God, Jesus said, God is, be, let me get it back. Let me start over. <laughs> Jesus said, be perfect just like your Father in heaven is perfect. Have you ever said, well, God knows I'm not perfect. You ever said that? Well, he told you to be. He said, be holy for the Lord your God is holy. We can't kill the sin in our life, but the Holy Ghost can and wants to. So if we're not laying ourselves on that altar asking God to kill our sin, it's our fault that our sin rules us. It's not God's fault. So then the next thing he said was, and he commanded Joshua, circumcise all the people. See, God told Moses to do that, and Moses didn't do it. Moses disobeyed God. Didn't circumcise the people. It says in... uh, 
1 Corinthians 7, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. But it is keeping the commandments of God. That's what the circumcision in the Old Testament was a symbol of, was obeying God. When it comes over in the New Testament, it tells you plain out, obey God. Just obey God. That's how you spiritually circumcise. And so Joshua obeyed God. He circumcised the entire group of the children of Israel. I don't imagine they were a happy lot. I imagine they were mean, angry. They were already mean and angry people anyway. (laughs) But I imagine they were really mean and angry when they had to do something they didn't want to do. Do you remember in John 6 when Jesus told all the people that were following, he said, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they got highly offended. And they said, this is a hard saying. Who can you expect to listen to that? We're not going to eat your flesh and drink your blood. And they all left him, except the disciples. So Jesus turned around to the disciples and he said, are you going to leave too? And they said, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. And so when God starts demanding us to do things that are hard, lots of people start falling away. When we asked the church to wear a mask, you know how many people quit the church two years ago because we asked them to wear a mask? When, we, when, when your leader starts asking you to do something that's hard and you don't feel like you have to do it, you're your own person, then you need to go find a church that has a leader that's telling you to do what you feel like God's telling you to do. You don't need to be rebellious and hard-hearted against your spiritual authority. Because if these people had not obeyed Joshua, they would not have been able to go in with the children of God. We've got to move to a new level of obedience this year. We've got to bring our lives into a new level of obedience this year. God told them that when you circumcise the children of Israel, it will roll their sins away. So when we get into the Word of God and obey, sin just starts falling off of us. Falling off of us. Okay. We've got just a few minutes here. Let me read this to you. When we obey this year, this is what the Word says, that, you, it will, that when you come up against a path that you don't know where, which way to go, obedience will show you the path. Uh, Exodus says, when you obey me, you will be my particular treasure treasure just to me. How would you like to be a treasure to God more than other people? All it takes is obedience. When you obey me, I will defeat your enemies. Exodus 23. How would you like for the devil, for God to destroy everything the devil's doing in your life? All it takes is obedience. When you obey me, you will be blessed. When you disobey me, you will be cursed. When you obey me, uh, Deuteronomy 30, you will walk in a level of freedom. You never have before. Are you need to get free from something this year? Up your level of obedience. Uh, Deuteronomy 30. When you obey me, you will have an abundance of all things in your life. When you obey me, you will live a long life. First Peter says that when you obey the word, it purifies your soul. Romans 1 says when, that God gives us the grace, the power, the strength to obey. Now I want to read this one and then we're going to said, for the time has come, this is First Peter, for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us, what's going to happen to the rest of the world? I think COVID was a judgment on the church. 
I think there were a lot of people calling themselves Christians that weren't Christians. And during COVID, we had to step up. It was harder to go to church. It was harder to serve God during COVID. You had to make a lot more of an effort to serve God during COVID. And I believe it separated people that didn't really love God and obey God from the people who did. We have lots of people we've never got back in church since COVID because they found out they liked it better staying home than they did going to church. And so when judgment begins on the house of God, see, God is going to judge the church first. Then he's going to judge the world. He's going to purify his church. God's will is that when we walk out and we go to do things for God, just like that water rolled back, the water, miracles will happen. That when we get up in the morning, we get in the presence of God, we hear the voice of God, we listen to God, and then we get up and start our day, that just like when they stepped in that water, the enemy runs. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. This should be the most powerful year we've ever lived. If it will become the most obedient year that we have ever lived. Take the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read it. Read it. Read it. Look for the things you're doing that Jesus said, don't do that. Don't do that. One that always comes to my mind is that one that says, agree quickly with your enemy while you're on the way to the judge with him. That word don't mean agree. It means be healed. Be whole. See, your enemies can bait you. They can draw you into anger, draw you into gossip, draw you into all kinds of sin. And uh, I was telling them in the other service, there is a person that just hates me. This person has a strong Jezebel spirit. See, a Jezebel spirit can operate on a man or a woman. And what a Jezebel spirit is, it will not submit to authority. It hates uh, spiritual authority. It hates uh, the governor's authority. It hates the president's authority. It hates policeman authority. It just hates all level of authority. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And so this person, every time I run into him, dishonors me, disrespects me, talks about me behind my back. And, you know, the scripture in the Bible says, when you talk about people, a little bird carries it right to them and tells them what you said. You know when people talk about you, Right? And people that gossip are so dumb, they think nobody don't know what they're saying about other people. (laughs) But anyway, so one day this person had just highly disrespected me. And and I was, my stingers were out and the Holy Spirit said, why do you keep taking the bait? Why do you keep letting the devil bait you? Stop it. Stop letting the devil bait you. Get over it. Grow up. And then the Lord said, you treat that person just like I treated Judas. You treat that person just like I treated Judas. And so, this year I'm going to walk obedient. And I'm going to quit getting mad when people dishonor me and disrespect me and <laughs> don't like me. <laughs> I'm going to grow up this year. I'm going to walk obedient. That scripture says, be healed when you're on the way to the judge. When two Christians get in a fight, one of them's wrong. They might both be wrong, but for sure, one is wrong. Whoever started it, it's what the Bible said. Said flesh always persecutes spirit. And so, if we're healed, we don't let what anybody, what anybody does that calls himself a Christian do bother us. We don't take the bait. Amen. 
So we're going to grow up this this year, church, and we're going to learn to do warfare on a whole new level. This is just one weapon, obedience. There's lots of weapons to warfare. This is just one weapon. Women, obey your husbands this year. Men, obey your bosses this year. Don't talk about them when they make decisions you don't like. Children, obey your parents this year. Walk in a level of obedience, obedience stronger than we've ever walked. And then when we walk out our front door, that water will roll back just like it did for Joshua. The reason that water, what if Joshua had got up there and told the priest, when you step out in the water, it's going to roll back, and it didn't roll back? He would have felt pretty stupid, wouldn't he? Well, if he had to obey God, it wouldn't have rolled back. And if we don't obey, it's not going to roll back for us either. Search Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See where the disobedience is in your life. And get that weapon to war with this year. War with obedience this year. So what we're going to do now is uh, Stephen's going to come up and make the announcements. And then we're going to play this video again. And if you've got an area of your life that you know you need to bring it into obedience this year, I want you to come down here. And I want you to watch this video again. And when it gets to the part to where that water rolls back, you say, God, that's what you're going to do for me this year. Because I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do everything you've told me to do that I can find that I know I'm not doing right. And when I walk out to face the enemy, which was that water they couldn't get across, you will make the enemy flee. Because that's what you promised in your word. And we're going to live a strong life this year. Amen? Amen. Doing exploits for God.